0: Our world continues to change and push us in ways we have not been challenged before. On this show, we talk about these challenges, how to be aware of them, face them, and overcome them in your life. This is David Waldus, creator of the Aligned Living System.
1: And I'm Nick Musica, Aligned Living Coach. Welcome to the Aligned Living System podcast.
0: Welcome to episode nine of the Aligned Living System podcast. I'm David Waldus here with Mr. Nick Musica. And uh, today's topic, uh, we're going to talk a bit more about empaths. You know, I, I think so many people we work with, uh, this really matches. And if it's not you, it can probably help you understand empathic people in your life or empath people in your life. And so the, the topic we're really going to start with is why empaths track other people's energy so much their fluctuations and so i'll start out just sharing a little bit about my perspective on that what i've learned and um and what i've experienced working with myself and many many clients and so you know i haven't think about it just starting from birth right and it does get compounded i've heard a lot of people talking about how a lot of the way people, the way empaths uh experience the world has a lot to do with trauma and being in unsafe environments Yet, we're kind of all in unsafe environments, right? (laughs) Nobody, you know, when you can feel everybody else's emotions, it's an unsafe environment. And so, you know, no matter how loving your household was, no matter how caring it was, like, there's always going to be a sense of not safe. And the world's always going to not feel safe, too, because there's a lot of people with energy that's a threat to us when it can just stream into our inner world and we have to feel it. But I think it all starts, you know, as babies, you know, when when we look at people that are simply five sensory, that extra sensory ability isn't turned on in them. They come into this world just like we did, yet they have their five senses, the taste, touch, smell, feel, see everything. And they use that to make sense of the world and of themselves. They, you know, appear here and they need to know who they are and who the world is in reference to them and how to survive in it, how to engage in it. And so those of us that are empathic, That are truly not. I gotta, after defining the difference between empathic and an empath, I want to make sure I'm careful. And in that, that those of us that are truly empaths and can feel everybody else's energy, of course, we're going to use that sense to make sense of the world as well. And so we track mom and dad, we track our surroundings, we track anybody's energy that we engage with, and we utilize it to develop our own self concept and world concept. And that's often why empaths have this really interesting experience of it's a very clear, very specific, very defined sense of the world. And we see a lot of things that other people aren't seeing, but it also tends to give us a really kind of skewed identity, a, a very skewed uh, sense of ourselves. And and here's why. Uh, and so I'll share this. We'll say hi to Nick in just a second. Sorry, Nick, I'm <laughs> going on and on here. But I wanted to give us a, a kind of a good solid foundation to start from is that think about your own inner world and how often do you have thoughts where you have a thought, maybe it's a judgment, maybe it's a desire, maybe it is even a positive uh, thought about somebody or a negative one that you then correct. And so you're just kind of sorting through inside yourself, trying on these different feelings, working through your emotional piece, almost like, Oh, that person's amazing. And then you remember some other things about them and go, Oh, you know, be careful there. Right. Like sure. That what they're doing right now is amazing, but I've also seen them behave in other ways. I need to be careful. You know, I I need to be aware of who else they are. And maybe you've had thoughts about somebody in your life where you're just like, Oh, like they walk in the room. You're like, I don't want to see them right now. And then you're like, stop. Like they're amazing. Like they're, they're a beautiful person. They're, you know, they're a huge support to me. Like, you know, and we correct our thinking as empaths, we're able to track all of that, right? And it's kind of unfair. We don't tend to give a lot of grace to other people that we tend to give to ourselves because we know our inner world. We know what it looks like when we have a negative thought about something that we don't really feel that negative about, or maybe a positive thought about that maybe we don't really feel that positive about. And then we correct it, we sort through it, and we read our ship and we get stabilized with it. As empaths, we feel somebody walk in the room and, and or we walk in a room and and maybe we feel them go, oh God, and then we're, then all of a sudden they're like, that person doesn't like me. That person, and we and we pick up on some very real information, but we don't give them the grace of letting them sort through in their inner world why they're having that experience. And it's usually about them. And so we're walking through this world, diagnosing all of these threats that are usually the initial hit, or maybe diagnosing positive things that are just the initial hit that we need to sit with a little bit more. And the proof is our own inner world. How often do you have one thought and just go, yes, that is the truth? Or do you sit with it and then start to form a greater truth? Uh, because you 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 know that that initial piece was just some sort of an emotional response to whatever you're working through or don't want to deal with or do want to deal with or or whatever the last time you saw them or something else somebody said about them you know whatever it's not our true truth so welcome nick <laughs> how are you
1: hey david good morning how are you
0: good good yeah anything to add to that uh i guess it turned into a monologue there for the first uh, 5 minutes of our uh, <laughs> of our call
1: yeah i mean a, f- a few things came popping in and mm-hmm. and one of the things that recently showed up for me was um in the context that you were talking about it's like it's always the outside world coming in and what that means and that information and judgments around it um but what I recently started to ponder was oh but wait a minute but if I'm sending out signals as well mm-hmm. yeah. and someone else is having the same experience that I'm interpreting but it's about me and now it's they're filtering that through them and and,
0: yeah. and
1: now I really need to think about how I'm showing up
0: yeah um, absolutely so, so
1: it's, it's it's really a two-way energetic conversation it's not it's not just always receiving you're, you're sending out as well.
0: Yeah. And we can do that with people even that are not empathic because here's here's what we do, right? We come in, say we walk into this room and somebody, for whatever reason, maybe they absolutely love us, but there's something that is going to be disruptive about our energy because we're empathic and we carry strong energy. Maybe there's something they don't want to deal with. They're like, oh, I'm going to start. They start to feel something. And so maybe their initial response when they f- see us walk in the room is like, ugh. and we feel it. <laughs> and then, of course, we respond with, oh, they don't want to see me. And then we have you know, an equal and opposite response to them, like you were saying. And then we're like, back. But as empaths, we often leave our internal space and we go out and we end up in their field going, oh, you don't like me? Like, you don't want to see me, you know, And, and we push back or we get hurt and go, I don't know why I'm so nice to them. Why would they not like, like, this is just the way people are. They don't appreciate me. I get blamed for it. Like whatever the victimhood is there and then we're blasting that into their world as well. And and so it creates like an instant dynamic because we read the first glimpse of the experience and went into threat mode or defense mode or for me mode um and, and you know whatever our programming is and again here's the thing what we do is probably whatever we grew up in whatever our parents taught us whatever we were trained to mm-hmm. be. And so as we're talking about this it can be very easy to get Defensive. It can be very easy to judge yourself or to feel like you're doing it wrong. But the point the point of talking about this is so we can go, oh my gosh, look at these moving parts. Like I haven't given grace to the person for them to sort through the way they're feeling. I've just felt it and responded. I haven't given grace to myself to respond. It's just been a reactive experience. That's not working for me. And so I need some tools to do it differently. I need to recognize I can create a safe space inside myself. Because that's never been available because the outside world's always bled into me with its emotional energy. And yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're not doing something wrong. It's just what you're trained to do. And what we're talking about today is the opportunity to intervene on that and do it differently that works better.
1: For sure. And I I forget if, if you were if you if you mention it during the I'm getting I'm getting our pre pre chat in and the uh <laughs> the kickoff monologue a little confused in my brain. And so I don't I don't remember you said like that that initial hit. Mm-hmm. is, um, that's all it is. It's an, it's an initial hit. Yeah. Right? yeah. And you know, and inside yourself, even, right. Yeah. Same, same. Right. So what I'm getting from you or what I'm feeling inside of myself is an initial emotion that I could evolve over the past five minutes of sitting there, standing next to someone.
0: Yeah. Or maybe uh, even and, three seconds. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm so glad to see them. No, I'm not like, I, I, I remember right. them this way, but the last time I saw them, they were really shitty and I'm not really glad to see them or, or I'm afraid to see him, but like, Oh, wait a minute. I feel their loving heart. I love those. I love that person. It was just a little blip inside me that didn't want to deal with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there feels to be uh, at least at a, an intellectual rational level, like uh, just a feeling of appreciation of where someone is and and meeting them where they are. And also, and and I guess I I think at least for this conversation so far was whenever it's, meet them. It's also meet yourself. Like it's a, it's, it's a synonym for yourself at the same time in this context.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Right. And so meeting the person where they are and honoring that as well as your take on the situation Mm -hmm. and, and no, no emotional feeling tied to it. It's just, it could be someone that came in hot off of a conversation and now they're in your space.
0: Yeah. 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 And our energy, you know, affects other people. Like I know for a fact that like, when somebody that I'm close with is going through stuff that they don't want to deal with right now, they don't want me anywhere near them. And I and I don't take it personally anymore. I used to because I didn't understand it. But I realized like the moment that my energy is present with their energy, they're going to have mm-hmm. to deal with whatever it is they don't want to deal with. And so like, I've gotten used to it, like, oh, fuck, here comes David. <laughs> you know it's like... <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm screening my calls. I'm not dealing with this shit. Right. Um, and and to me, it's just okay. You know, it's like, of course. Um, I don't blame them for that because we need to be able to process stuff on our terms. And yeah. when other people's energy forces us to be in that experience, I mean, I'm sure we've all felt that, right? Like there's certain people, no matter how much we love them, that we don't want to be around them at certain times because it forces us into a place or we naturally end up in a place that we're either ready for and want to be there or we're not ready for and don't want to be there.
1: For sure. I mean, yeah. And and when I found myself in really rank moods, like when things just did not go my way and I'm feeling not happy about everything, like I I don't want to pick up that phone. I I don't want to contribute to um. Hey, how's it going? Oh, you asked me how it's going. I'll tell you how it's going. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna. Go to I'm gonna
0: protect the world from me right now.
1: <laughs> That's enough. Just wanted to make sure you were on time for today. No, well, I'll, let me, we'll. I'll get you that answer, but let me tell you how you you asked an initial question. I'm gonna tell you all about it. <laughs>
0: that I take that I take very literally? You said, "How are you? How's it going?" So
1: sit down and listen but up. A qualitative yeah. question, <laughs> quantity, I'll answer it the way I need to. Here we go. Yeah.
0: That's great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And so, again, grace, right? Like, there's, and again, here's here's one of the reasons it can be hard for us to give graces. One is that we don't understand what's happening. Like, we've just made an assumption that it's true by their first thing that we picked up off them. But the other is that maybe we don't give ourselves grace when we want time to ourselves. Or we're just like, you know, I'm just not ready to talk about that yet, but the other Mm. person needs time to talk about or needs to talk about it now. And so I'm going to prioritize their feelings over mine. And when we're somebody who quickly, you know, which is a very empathic trait, quickly sacrifices what we really want for ourselves because we're feeling the desire of somebody else, you know, when we're sacrificing that, we, we we feel it's the right thing to do. Therefore, we feel it's the right thing for other people to do. And so when somebody else has the boundaries around it that says, you know, I don't really want to talk about it right now, it goes against our, our piece of like, well, I always talk about it when you want to, and I don't choose what I want for myself. I choose what you want. And now it makes me feel like a victim because you're, you're now you're choosing again what you want, and I don't get to express myself. And so as we clean up our own boundaries more and give ourselves permission to set things on our terms, it doesn't feel so personal because- there's not that piece of well I sacrificed myself for you and now you don't want to sacrifice yourself for me that's bullshit versus I chose not to sacrifice myself for your comfort I chose that I needed time to process this and I'll talk to you about it when I'm ready and therefore I give you the same grace but if I don't choose that for myself you not you choosing that for yourself now you're selfish and and again this isn't a judgment these are just the way the dynamics work the way they unfold and and the natural thinking that happens as an empath and what we're trained to do. And so the reason we're talking about it is so we can examine it deeper, see the working parts, see the moving parts and bring more grace to it. Not And and, and here's the thing with empaths, like it's very easy for us to feel like, oh, we're being judged. We did it wrong. Don't tell me I'm wrong. Or now I feel like shit about myself and I can't listen. It, it's It's really just like, let's just be curious. Nobody's doing anything wrong. There's natural ways that empaths tend to show up. And let's examine that so we can be more effective. Because we've all done it.
1: The the phrase that you use frequently just uh, popped into my brain. So fun. I mean, there's so many times <laughs> where we've been talking about something, and it's it's not it, it's not necessarily what other people would call a fun conversation. Far far from it. Yeah. Uh, but the the aspect of the so fun in the mess of the conversation, the mm-hmm. uncomfortableness in the conversation, is is the clarity is the, is the, how best to work with this, how best Mm to uh, approach it and navigate through it. And that is, Mm -hmm. that is the, at least that's how I interpret frequently when you say so fun, when it's like, (laughs) but but the world imploded, David, yes. So fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's there's good things happening here. And here's, here's the way I see really kind of my whole life is I'd much, and I, and I've always said this intention, you, you know, is that I'd much rather learn the lesson and have things work out in kind of a funky way so that I can create a better tomorrow which tomorrow then becomes my present when I get there mm. then have it work out okay now and be just keep perpetuating my own stuff that doesn't really work for me and creating environments that aren't sustainable that somehow I have to work my way out of that I don't feel self-expressed in I don't feel fulfilled in and so when we're willing to let stuff go a little sideways you know pay cash for it now so that we can get it tomorrow, but we don't do that. We I want everything to be okay today. I'll put it on credit and I'll deal with the problems that it creates later. And my yeah, thinking has really evolved into the opposite of that. And the more we do that, then things get to work out more and more okay today because we've already worked through it. And then we get the rewards of all the work we've done rather than dealing with all the problems we've created by not doing the work today.
1: I love the cash credit metaphor.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one.
1: Yeah. That's a really good one. Yeah. So your, your fun and your cash credit metaphor for yourself is how I think about clarity for me. Like it's, you know, when it, when it comes across and it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's, it's not the outcome that I was hoping for or whatever, whatever, whatever's happening. Um, I do find a tremendous amount of value in the clarity that shows up and it, it's, it's yeah. broken. It's not going to work Wh- or whatever. Like, okay. well, yeah, We're, gonna we're just going to keep
0: up. creating the same thing that drives you crazy, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, we could double down on the, the feelings of the thing that's not working now. Let's try, let's try that. Okay. Double down didn't work. Oh, let's triple down. Let's see if that changes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let's just keep pushing it more. Right. And this is definitely a cash conversation, not a credit conversation. This is about dealing with it now rather than, you know, creating something that doesn't work for us. So so yeah. Well, well said, Nick. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So your,
1: your, your, your present self doesn't take credit. (laughs) Ideally it only takes cash. Learn now. Buy now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's, what are we, what is the tomorrow that we're creating that is not far off that we get to live in and benefit from. And, you know, it's like, I mean, we all know it, like we sweep stuff under the rug and then we deal with it later versus confronting Mm -hmm. it. It's really uncomfortable right now in the confrontation, but what's on the other side of it's really powerful and beautiful. And it either allows things to adjust or, or break away or whatever it needs to, but we're not living, you know, in the, uh, threat of it anymore. And, uh, Yeah, it 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 gives us control over our life because when we're always in a situation that isn't quite working for us, um, and and trying not to trying to pretend it is, uh it's it's never gonna work.
1: Yeah, Yeah, the phrase and and watching professionals, you know, people are really good at what they do and they make it look so easy. The reason why it looks so easy is all the time and energy they've put into that moment.
0: Yeah. All the fails, uh, the waking up, up early, the, all the struggle.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The fails, the learnings, the waking up early, the yeah. training, the, all the things Then you look yeah. and go, Oh, it's, they make it look so easy. Right. Yeah. Because it is right there in that moment. Yeah. Um. And the way that reflects with what we're talking about here is, is there's, they paid for cash the entire yeah. way, those yeah. folks. Yeah. And, uh, and
0: those fails, that's why we can't see them as fails. It's just like, I tried that didn't work. They're experiments, you know, for somebody that doesn't want to do it, there are fails. But for the person doing it, they're experiments. I tried this; it didn't work. Let me adjust. Micro adjustment. Micro adjustment. Micro adjustment. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, that was one of the things that when when you and I started to start work first started working together, the Harrison and the the, the low risk or, um, uh, and we were talking about the report, and you're like, well, let's take a look at experiment. And the lesson for me at that point was, oh, instead of viewing everything through the lens of risk. View it through the lens of experiment and learning, and that just made everything so much more fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it does. And and so let's let's take this um the to the so you know what do we do instead, right? Like we talked about. Yeah. Well, that's not working. <laughs> like, well, thanks. So now I know what doesn't work. Like, what am I left with? Um, <laughs> so what does work? And so you know, the the aligned living work is all about, you know, and there's the the free video class that um you know as soon as you go on my webpage- like there's a link to it that takes you through the basics of it. Uh,
1: DavidWaldis.com.
0: DavidWaldis.com. Thanks. Uh, yep. And, you know, there's a ton of free videos through there, right? Uh, there's a, the empath quiz on there that you can take that leads into a free video series about understanding yourself more deeply as an empath that, you know, then opens up to the, um, to the free video classes on the line living. And so the basics of the line living say that, you know, as MPA's or even just as people in general, we're tracking the outer world, like looking for those threats. And when we're doing that, we're constantly in reaction to it. The feedback loop starts out there, hits inside of us, we have a response to it, right? And as we just talked about, there's usually not a lot of grace in that response. We just felt the person judge us and we go, oh, that's what they think about me, as opposed to giving them the process they're sorting through. But anyway, so so our world is always... Our inner world is always so deeply connected, directly corded to our outer world that it, we don't think of it as a safe environment. And so, the only way we can stay safe is by constantly policing all those threats out there and dealing with all the people and trying to avoid or, or you know, engage with the the people in the situations and the settings that are not safe. And which is why we often go from being social to like shutting down and needing to be away from people for. A while, And then we miss people and then we go back and forth that classic empath, you know, like I'm completely, you know, nobody's heard from me for three days and all of a sudden I'm everywhere um, <laughs> kind of experience. And so what we do with the aligned Living work then is we take that awareness, that emotional body, that our, that extrasensory ability, and instead of tracking all those threats or even just reading everybody, even if they're not a threat, we take it and we turn it off and we do kind of a hard reset. And then we bring our awareness internally and we use that same empathic gift Instead of reading everybody else and seeing how they're responding to us and getting our information secondhand, we read ourselves. And now the outer world's not streaming into our inner world anymore. So it creates a static, stabilized place where all of a sudden now our home, our inner space is actually something that we're in charge of instead of the outer world being what we need to be in charge of to protect our inner space because you know, there, there's, no, there's no separation. Mm. And when we do that, it's a very energetic piece. We're all of a sudden like, oh my God, I can't believe how quiet it is in here because we haven't known that experience. There's so much energetics and emotions are so loud. They're so noisy and we don't know it because we're just embedded in it. And then all of a sudden the sound stops, the energy infiltration stops and we go, gosh, it's so still and quiet in here. I could actually meditate in this place. And we see people that could never meditate. All of a sudden they can meditate and they're like, I don't understand what happened, but the amount of distraction and push and pull, everybody else's emotional noise and and energetic noise is like, there's no way we're going to be able to stabilize inside of ourselves and make it a safe environment. Therefore we're outside policing and meddling with everything else, trying to make it safe or hiding. And so when we stabilize there now all of a sudden it's like moving into a new house and we're like, gosh, I'm the only one in this house. And I get to decide who's allowed in the house. And who isn't? I get to decide how I'm gonna decorate it. I get to decide what music I'm gonna play in here. I get to decide what it's gonna look like. And it's never been up to me before. It's oh the only way I've controlled the way the inside world looks is by what I'm surrounding myself with, because all that shit bleeds into me. And when we we restructure our empathic gifts to stabilize internally and then bring that to the world and bring our gifts to the world, then we're able to read the world in a different way because it's not personal. It's not affecting our inner world in the same way. It may inform us and we may want to just make decisions about how we're going to structure our inner world or, or decorate our inner world or think of our inner world, but it's not in charge of it. We are. And reversing that feedback loop, we're now bringing ourselves to the world. It changes everything, and this game that we've been talking about, that we've all been playing our whole lives, like it, it becomes a whole different way of operating. And we don't necessarily like, like, it's so hard to imagine when we're in that initial game that almost all empaths play, mm. because it's, it you know, it just makes sense to navigate that world that way. We haven't had these options when all of a sudden we have these options. There's this really interesting thing that happens of our self-concept changes really powerfully because we're not in reaction to something. We're feeling our essence of self and that's undeniable. And there's something really beautiful about it and something that wants to express through us. And it's so fulfilling.
1: It's it's pretty cool. I mean, your, your bank of choices changes, your bank mm-hmm. of opportunities change, everything yeah. shifts. Yeah. Uh, and, and it can do so pretty darn fast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, like the experience mm-hmm. of it's instant. And then we need to learn to train ourselves to stay there. And to interact with, because yeah. the next thing is we also need to clear out our own stuff as we restabilize our own self-concept. Because our self-concept was based on how we've known ourselves with all of this energy running through us. And, you know, like, oh, I'm, you know, like, gosh, it's really hard for me to think through and make decisions for myself. Like, I'll bet it is when you have the whole world streaming all this information at you. And then all of a sudden you're in this quiet space inside yourself and you're like, gosh, I want this. I didn't know I wanted that. That makes me look at myself hmm. differently. Interesting. Oh, you know what? Mm -hmm. I always thought I liked this, but I just like the way people responded to me when I do it. I don't like doing that. I just like the response. I'm not going to do that anymore. I don't need the response because now I already feel good inside myself. And there's this really interesting kind of adjustment period we go through that's beautiful because it's about us discovering ourselves at a much deeper level that's about our truest self not about our response to our surroundings, not all those secondary gifts that we develop in order to make everybody else happy. We really get in touch with our primary gifts are and live from those and bring those. And that changes everything.
1: Yeah. There's, a, there's a very large purpose aspect to all of it as well. There's, yeah, there's no yeah. purpose when you, when, when the question is, well, what do they want for me? Can I get that thing? Is, is it available to me out there? Yep, yep. But once the, once the lens turns inward uh, then it's really in a, Healthy way, all about you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which, and, and, you know, it's funny too when we say that, right? What does it happen? What is it that we most enjoy? It's usually being of service in some way. Right. And so when we get really in touch with who we are and what we want, we feel safe enough to show up for others in this really powerful way. And the irony of thinking that we've been using our empathic gifts out there, thinking we're always being of service, but it's been at such a cost that it's not sustainable. And it's, and we sacrifice ourselves in it. And so when we, you know, I, I love the way you said that, Nick, because it's really when we, when we get into that, tu- that place of it being all about me, like, and I'm all about service. Well, that works out pretty damn well.
1: Yeah. It's a pretty good formula.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we don't know it because we think of it as selfish. When when we see people that are three-dimensional in nature that are all about themselves, or even empaths yeah. are all about themselves that are just trying to be okay, it looks like that selfishness doesn't turn into service because it's not really stabilized on their truest self. It's stabilized on threat. It's stabilized on victimhood. It's stabilized on, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah. And an emotional uh, contrast to ego and to selfishness out there. And so I don't want to be like that. Well, you're not being like that. Absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're doing something completely different. Absolutely. Yeah it's it's not how much can i shove in the piggy bank or whatever what what mm-hmm. what can i get from this thing this situation it's not it's not just you know filling bags with something it's about being able to offer something that is in resonance with yourself
0: yeah Where their fulfillment is so it's another way of saying it is you're not choosing your ego self and living off of that and prioritizing that you're choosing your truest self and living off that and prioritizing that and your truest self is all about offering your greatest gifts and that's it. And that's it. Well, thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, that's that feels like a real great combination of it because that's really what we're bringing it down to, and and it's very ironic. And you don't see it that way as you start this path, um, and so many empaths resist that path because they feel like they're not being of service or they're being selfish. And and the the great truth is, you know, the irony of it, the cosmic joke, is it by making that shift that you, you become about nothing but service, uh, which is really beautiful. And, and it feeds you, doesn't bleed you. Um, Yeah.
1: And people can get a taste of this pretty darn fast. If they go to davidwalds.com and go through uh, the meditations that are, that are available there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for listening. And uh, you know um, the last two episodes were the hot seat, Uh, episodes with Janine, which were really fun. And it was her asking me questions spontaneously that I didn't know the question um, and and getting to answer them. And they were very universal in nature. And so what we're wanting too is for people to come on and and bring some of their questions about their lives. Uh, and, And so we'll be giving you more information about how to submit those. Um, but, uh, make sure you're on our mailing list too, and make sure you subscribe to this so that you can have those opportunities. Because again, if you go to davidwaldus.com, there's a place to sign up for the email list. Um, and, and then you'll be able, you know, we'll be sending out the applications to, uh, to have me answer your questions and to, uh, to support you in a way that supports the listeners as well. And so if you haven't already subscribed, make sure you do so that you get those forms, uh, and the opportunity when it shows up. But uh, thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast. And if you did, please subscribe so you can catch the next episode. If you want to learn more about the Aligned Living System and how it could support you in your life, check out davidwaldus.com.